Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And you can find the show at Locked On Cowboys on Twitter. Make sure you check it out. Got a busy show for you guys today. Um, a little bit of news heading into uh, today's practice on Wednesday. Uh, first of all, let me, let me start out by saying this. Um, I'm going to try to avoid talking about this Ezekiel Elliott situation as it develops for a few reasons. Um, the biggest being that I am not someone who is great with legal battle stuff. I will update you on the information I have, but there's just a lot of things that we don't know about this entire situation. So in, instead of having me try to guess and predict what's going to happen, uh, I'd rather just focus on some of the facts. I know there was a bunch of news about the the um, Elliott investigation and the appeal today. Harold Henderson, a private uh, arbitrator, is going to hear Elliott's appeal. The NFL NFL came out with a statement today saying that uh, they're not going to tolerate the uh, basically uh, critiquing the accusers. Um, I, I don't know, credibility, however you want to say it. And then the NFL Players Association, they kind of fired right back saying that this is a, this is a sideshow. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of stuff that you're going to hear over the next two weeks as we wait for that appeal hearing. Um, but I don't want to make this a daily show about Ezekiel Elliott and all that kind of stuff because, uh, frankly, I just don't have anything valuable to add to that. And I, I think... This show should be a lot more about the Cowboys than about legal proceedings. I know that from the most part, you guys want to hear about the Cowboys team. And then you want to hear about, you know, how players are doing. But um, I, I'm just kind of telling you that up front. I, I don't want to make this an Ezekiel Elliott legal show. Let, let's talk about the players a little bit. Yesterday at practice, the Cowboys had a padded practice. Not a ton of news came out of practice, but... Um, the biggest was that Rico Gathers potentially suffered a concussion. Uh, the Cowboys are kind of monitoring that. My guess is that they probably won't play him this week against the Colts at home. They'll probably be cautious with him because the, of the fact that they can be cautious. There, there's really no rush to have him back on the field at this moment. Um, other than that, uh, Jerry Jones confirmed that Jalen Smith will make his debut uh, against the Colts. Um, I don't think there was any other big news about that. You're probably going to see some of the starters, such as uh, Dak Prescott, Des Bryant, maybe Jason Witten, possibly Ezekiel Elliott, uh, some of those guys this upcoming week. But nothing nothing massive out of, out of uh, practice yesterday. Uh, Jordan Lewis still dealing with hamstring. 
Uh, not sure if he's going to participate in the game on Saturday, as well as Ryan Switzer. Both guys are dealing with hamstring injuries. My guess is that the Cowboys are going to be cautious with them and realizing they still have, after this week, two more preseason games, and they're trying to get these guys ready for the season. They are not going to push them. So today I wanted to jump into some of the notes I took on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I've got a lot of notes that I kind of want to go over. I'm just going to go straight down through them. Uh, Really quickly, Xavier Woods, probably the biggest standout from the game. Uh, Pro Football Focus created him as one of the best players last week. A couple different times you saw him on third and long. Uh, make a couple beautiful tackles to stop defenders short of the first down. I told you I wrote about this yesterday on FanRag Sports. Seemed to do pretty well. But there's three typical types of safeties in the NFL. The first are your ball hawking safeties such as Earl Thomas, uh, Tyron Matthew, Eric Berry. The guys that are going to create takeaways at a high clip. Um, I don't think that's Xavier Woods' game. The second type are your typically your in the box strong safeties that punish receivers. Uh, Cam Chancellor is one. DJ Swearinger is another. Uh, Mike Mitchell from Pittsburgh is another. You know the guys that are really enforcers and intimidators in the middle of the field. Again, I don't think that's Xavier Woods's game. What he fall or what he is and where he falls into this is as a other type of safety. Your Solid but unspectacular. The true meaning of the word safety. Um, Not going to take the ball away a bunch of times. Not going to make a bunch of highlight plays, but it's going to they're going to make enough winning plays throughout the game that you're going to want them on the field. My best comparison for Xavier Woods is a guy that's a little bit bigger than him, uh, but kind of fills the same roles. And that's Patrick Chung in New England. For for the Patriots, Chung plays a variety of roles. He plays in the box. He can play as a single high safety. They've even used him to cover tight ends and receivers. But he just he doesn't make a bunch of plays. I think he had one turnover last year. But he's a big part of that Patriots defense in being able to get off the field and get Tom Brady the ball back. As you saw on Saturday night, Woods never had an interception, didn't force a fumble, although I actually think he did on the one hit, but he made a bunch of winning plays on third down that gets your defense off the field. I think that's what Woods can be, and I think that's why we are so excited when the Cowboys drafted him is it's not that they got a superstar with a six-round pick. It's that they got a guy that we all kind of believe can eventually start for this team and maybe fill that Barry Church role as soon as 2018. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I, I thought his, uh, his, maybe his opponent, I don't want to say his opponent, but a guy that's challenging him from snaps in Kevon Frazier played really well uh, as well. Um, Frazier is more of that in-the-box enforcer type, but he absolutely can have a role in this defense as well. The Cowboys have shown that they're okay playing that type of player with Barry Church and J.J. Wilcox. They don't mind having that player on the field and then substituting them out on third downs. I love those two guys as your backup safeties. I don't think that they're going to uh, compete for a starting role this year, but I think between Woods, Frazier, and actually Robert Blanton had a nice game as well. Those three backup safeties provide some nice depth in the secondary that maybe the team hasn't had in the past. Uh, Taco Charlton, we'll touch on him real quick. 
much better than last week. Uh, he's still a ways away. He is. He looks different in type compared to the other types of pass rushers that you're seeing. I know T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh. Uh, he put on a show having two sacks, and that's the type of rush that the Cowboy fans typically want. You know that outside presence with a speed rush. Well, I just don't think that's how the Cowboys want to build their pass rush as of right now. They like the versatility. They like being able to stop the run. And I think one thing that is clear to the Cowboys, and to me at least now, is while Rod Marinelli in the past has been a very aggressive defensive coordinator in the sense that uh, he likes to get to the quarterback, I think he's realizing now getting to third downs is just as important as getting to the quarterback because it gives you a chance to get off the field. Last year, the Cowboys were the number one run defense in the league, and a big reason as to why they were was because the offense kept them, kept the defense off the field. But the Cowboys also devoted a lot of guys inside the box to ensure that they could get to third downs. And, that they, and on third downs, they tried to manufacture a pass rush somehow. But getting to third downs is important in today's NFL because there's always a chance for, uh, you know, a... Uh, incompletion or a failed reception or um, maybe they throw the ball short of the first down, whatever it is, getting to third down is just as important as getting to the quarterback. Uh, so I thought Taco and both David Irving, kind of the same types of player, big, long, rangy defense ends that maybe don't have a perfect position, but when you put them in the game and they play with uh, the, the motor that they play with under Rod Marinelli, and they play with that size, and they play with power, they can be really effective players in this defense. Uh, we'll take one more, and then we'll take a little break. Lando Skandrick played just a few snaps. I think he played the first two series of this game. Uh, it's clear to me, and it's been clear through the entire training camp, that uh, he's been the team's best cornerback. Uh, he's playing with a confidence that we haven't that we, we've seen before, but we haven't seen in some time. Uh, it, it's just clear that he, he's he's got the quickness back that he didn't have last year as he dealt with a bunch of hamstring injuries. I don't think the Cowboys are going to use him to match up against number one receivers as they typically like to stay on their own sides. But it sounds like and it seems like the Cowboys are very happy with leaving Orlando Skandrick on the right-hand side and probably leaving Nolan Carroll on the left-hand side. Let's pause to tell you a little bit about our friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's fantastic. Just two taps can get me right to the game I want. Don't go to typically a lot of football games just because, well, I live in Pennsylvania and the Cowboys live in, uh, they play out of Dallas, so I don't get to see them too often. But um, I do use them for baseball, uh, basketball. Not, we don't, I don't live too far away from the Cavaliers. So make sure that you download it, the app today. It's fantastic. It's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. But best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
All right, just a few more notes that I had. You Demontre Moore. I talk about Demontre Moore. It seems like every day on this podcast, but man, this is a guy that has the true elite speed and bend that you want off the edge. It's just everything else with his game that can be frustrating at times. I if he's left unblocked, or if teams try to run away from him, he can be an impactful player coming down and crashing down the line of scrimmage. But if you run at him, you can move him off the ball pretty easily. I, I worry about how long he'll be able to uh, stay on the field when he comes back from his suspension. He might just be a third down pass rusher, but can you justify having a roster spot for just a third down pass rusher that maybe isn't as productive as some of the other guys in the roster? I don't know. Uh, again, with Demontre Moore, you got to remember he's a young player. He's just 24 years old, so there's still some upside and growing that needs to happen with this player. But I thought he looked uh, pretty good. Lenny Jones, maybe the most underrated player from this game, uh, played a little bit of defense end, a little bit of stand-up linebacker for him. He can get to the quarterback. He can play in the run game. I, I think this is a guy that probably won't make the active roster, but is a nice guy to stash in the practice squad because he's having a fantastic training camp. Uh, great preseason so far. Needs a little bit of work and development, kind of like Moore, but with the numbers that they have on the defense line, I don't see Lenny Jones making it this year. Stash him on the practice squad. Let's see what he looks like in 2018. Um, real quick, one of the guys I wanted to touch on is Lewis Neal, defensive tackle from... LSU, undrafted free agent, uh, very, very undersized, just 270 pounds, six foot one, doesn't look like a typical uh, under technique, but man, he's explosive. Um, he, he just really has that power and that quickness and explosiveness to be a good edge rusher in, or a good uh, defensive tackle in Ron Marinelli's scheme. He gets washed out of the play too often in the run game. He needs to get a little bit more stout. But I think this is a guy that has a real chance of making this roster. The Cowboys don't have a true one technique or a true three technique behind Malik Collins. If the season started today and Collins went down, I mean, they have Tyrone Crawford, but he's kind of nursing an injury. Uh, and he's in the past said that he doesn't like to play inside because his body can't hold up. Jordan Carroll might be the other answer, but Lewis Neal has thoroughly outplayed him so far in the preseason. Um, we'll see. I, I think Lewis Neal is a real has a real good shot of making this roster. Joey Ivy is probably more of a one technique that's going to be behind Cedric Thornton and Stephen Paya. So they really don't have a, a, another penetrator to play that spot. Uh, there's still three games left for Lewis Neal. I expect him to play a ton of snaps, although I expected him to play more snaps in the Rams game, but he started in that game and played just two series. So maybe the Cowboys, uh, they don't want to overwork him because they already know what kind of talent he has. That's an interesting guy to watch out for. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, real quick, I thought he was the best linebacker on the field in that game. You can see he's playing with a little bit more confidence than even last year. It's important to remember with with Hitchens that, you know, at this time last year, or a little bit in the offseason, he was not prepared to play middle linebacker. The, the kind of the feeling all season long was that Rolando McClain was going to be this team's middle linebacker and Hitchens was going to be the 
uh, kind of jack of all trades guy that's going to play a little bit of everything depending on injuries. Well, now that Hitchens has had a full year to play that spot in 2016 and a full offseason to kind of get his mind and body right for that position, you're seeing that his confidence has dramatically risen and he's making a bunch of plays now, not only in practice, but in games. The play that he made on the force fumble down at the goal line was fantastic. He actually took a false step near the line of scrimmage, backed up, nailed the receiver, and it was just a really nice play by him. So I'm curious to see what Hitchens looks like halfway through the season. I know a lot of people are they're planning on having Jalen Smith take that job. I'm not convinced that Hitchens is going to give it up anytime soon. If it were up to me and I was the GM of the Cowboys, Anthony Hitchens is a free agent after this year. I would be working on a contract extension right now with him, not because he's a great player, but because you know that he can be a solid to above, you know, above average middle linebacker, and you know that he can play special teams, and he plays injured, he doesn't miss games, and he has all that versatility to you know be a uh, backup Will or Sam, whatever you need him to be. That's the kind of player that you want on your team. So, you know, if you lose a linebacker, you can insert Hitchens and, he, you know, this is a really solid player. So I don't think he's going to cost a bunch of money after the season. So I would go ahead and lock him up right now, even before this season starts, because I just think the more he plays, the more his value is going to go up. That's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Hit us up with a five star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. Tomorrow is another Twitter Thursday edition of the show. We're probably going to make it a little longer show tomorrow. I know a lot of you have a bunch of questions, so send those in. We'll talk about your questions, get them right on air, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.